Welcome to the Vagina Rehab Doctor podcast. This is for all women, vagina CEOs, even men, and all people everywhere who want to better understand vaginal health. Y'all, I'm preaching the vagina gospel and sharing the truth worldwide. Hallelujah! I'm Dr. Janelle Howell, a pelvic floor physical therapist and your go-to resource for all things vaginal health, pelvic floor fitness, and sexual wellness. I'm teaching you everything your mama didn't about your vagina. All right, y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Vagina Rehab Doctor Podcast. I'm excited to get into this episode because we're going to be talking about Things you can do to support your hormonal health, your hormonal health, right? Your ability to ovulate and to support your body if you have polycystic ovarian syndrome or if you have infertility. For those of you who are new to this podcast, and maybe this is your first episode, I want to tell you what polycystic ovarian syndrome is. Essentially, it's the number one cause of infertility. While people who have this condition can still get pregnant, It's the number one cause. So it doesn't mean that you have infertility because you have PCOS. It just means that if you do develop infertility, PCOS is probably contributing to it. PCOS can look like missing periods. It can look like acne and sugar cravings and insulin resistance and just not ovulating, right? So it can really contribute to just mental health disparities, infertility, Um, And just overall menstrual problems, right? The biggest contributing factor to this is high male hormones like testosterone and also insulin resistance. Once you get control of that insulin resistance and also stress hormones, lowering your testosterone and male hormones, many of the symptoms resolve or improve greatly. But it it can usually demand medical support. So definitely reach out to your doctor if you're having PCOS symptoms or think that you might have it. But this episode is for everyone because we all have hormones and we want to nourish our our hormones, right? So a hormonal healthy body is going to help you with your sex drive, with your mood, combating depression and anxiety. It's going to help you with weight management, like with insulin resistance. Those who have it may find that they carry most of their weight around their belly, you know, even just managing anxiety. So happy hormones is for everyone, especially those entering into perimenopause and menopause as well, okay? So let's get into it today. I am going to be talking to you about things that can be game changer for managing hormonal dysfunction, hormonal imbalances, but specifically for today, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I'm going to start off with things that I've noticed have helped me in the past. The first thing I want to let you know is that if you have PCOS or any type of hormonal dysfunctional pattern, high estrogen, low testosterone, high cortisol levels, insulin resistance, whatever your issue is, menopause, this number one thing here is going to be really important. And that is exercise and movement. I was telling you guys about how I was able to regulate my cycle. Last year, for several months at a time, I thought I was going to go the entire year with a period every single month. I would have made history. One of the big things that I was doing is I was doing moderate to fast-paced walking about four days a week for 30 minutes total because it would take me almost 15 minutes to walk to work from my parking structure to from the parking structure because I don't own it. (laughs) I don't own parking structures, y'all, okay? So I walked from the parking structure to my job 
So I was getting this regular exercise and that was really helping me with my insulin resistance. Because remember, insulin resistance is one of the primary factors contributing to all of the symptoms with PCOS, okay? Like you're missing periods and not ovulating. So when you exercise, your muscles, especially when you're either walking, using your calf muscles or lifting weights, your muscles need sugar. Your muscles need glucose to really fuel the muscle activity. So when we move and when we work out, we're experiencing increased muscle activity. And notice how it wasn't high intensity. I was just walking at a moderate to fast pace to work in the mornings and then in the evenings when I would get off. But yeah, I was running a little late. Sometimes I can be a latecomer. So I'm walking swiftly to work. And so my quads, my calf muscles, even my abdominals, they're all contracting and they require more fuel to to sort of support this increased muscle activity. So what that's doing is it's taking sugar out of the bloodstream into those muscles. So that can help to balance blood sugar levels and also improve insulin resistance because you're not going to need insulin as much when we're taking the sugar from out of the bloodstream into the muscles. So that was helping me a good bit. Also, if I rewind back to when I was doing my internship, my clinical rotation for physical therapy school, I did my last rotation at home and I'm from Alabama. So I did my last rotation at home and my dad is a personal trainer and I agreed to work out with him five days a week for, I think it was two months straight. So two or three, I can't remember if it was two or three, but for two or three months, I was working out four to five times a week he had me to do the uh, elliptical machine for 15 minutes. And then when we do, we would do weight training for about 30 to 45 minutes. And that was also the only other time in my life where I got a period every single month for three months straight. That was literally the only time in my life. It's the only thing that I changed. I started working out regularly and it was moderate exercise. I wasn't running the whole time. I wasn't lifting extremely heavy weights. I was just on the elliptical machine for about 15 minutes. And then I would use weight machines and do like body workouts. I did that four to five times a week. But notice how these are the only times in my life where I got a regular period every single month. Just by regular exercise that was moderate. Again, I'm not saying that you can't do intense exercise. You can. Your body's capable of anything. But that may not be required to sort of start balancing and supporting your hormones, your insulin, and all of that. So that's the very first thing. Even if you start off with just about 10 minutes of movement a day, four to five times a week, that's a great place to start, or even three times a week. So that's the number one thing. The number two thing is don't eat naked carbs. So put some clothes on your carbs. Don't let your carbs be walking out here butt naked. And what I mean by this is eating a carb all by itself. An example of this is just eating cereal in the morning and that's it. Yeah, there's a little bit of protein in the milk if you are drinking cow's milk. I don't do that. However, whatever you're doing in the morning for breakfast, if you're ha- you're just rocking out the house with a bagel or you're walking out with a donut or just coffee, that is not balancing your blood sugar. And so whenever your blood sugar is not balanced, that's going to spike your insulin and that's going to contribute to more hormonal abnormalities, driving more hormonal issues. And this goes for people who are trying to get pregnant as well. You got to balance that blood sugar. 
because the ovaries are sensitive to blood sugar levels and inflammation. So our blood sugar levels are higher, more inflammation, more more uh, cell destruction, and so a harder time with periods and period pain and infertility and PCOS and all the issues. In the morning and lunch and dinner too, all meals, you want to make sure that you're having a carb with a protein source, chicken, salmon, tofu, Greek yogurt, protein bar, turkey, beef, something, even if it's vegetarian meat, you need to have some protein with that carb. And preferably, if you can eat your food in this order, you're going to really help your blood sugar to be balanced. This is how you do it. If you're having a balanced meal, you want to eat your vegetable first or your salad first because you're going to get your fiber in. The body takes a longer time to break down fiber and protein. But if you eat sugar and sugar alone first, then that just that goes into your bloodstream super quick. It doesn't take much to break down sugar. It's just sugar. All right, so that will spike your blood sugar. So instead of doing that, we're not doing that. We're going to eat our vegetable first and then we're going to eat our protein. Protein also takes a while to break down. Whatever it is that is your protein source, I can't tell you how to eat. And I'm not here to tell you to be vegan or eat protein. I'm not here to do that. Not for this episode. Just make sure you have a quality protein source. And then you're going to eat your fat. Or you can just put your fat on top of your protein if you have that. right? Whether that's salad dressing or olive oil or butter or whatever. And then lastly, you're going to eat your carb. That's how you want to eat your meals. That's going to help you to not have as much inflammation in your body limit the hormonal um, imbalances, and overall support your PCOS journey if you have PCOS. Remember, you don't have to have PCOS to follow these guidelines because we want happy hormones regardless. We want our, our hormones to be popping. We want our hormones to be out here living their best life because we want good sleep. We want a good sex life. We want limited anxiety. We want vaginal lubrication. All of that depends on hormones. We want to get pregnant if that's our goal. So this is what we're going to be doing. Number one, movement. Even if it's just five to 10 minutes a day, three to four times a week, start where you can just start. Start minimal. It can be your stretches, yoga, vast stretch labs. I sell vast stretch labs in my shop, about $20. For an hour, I teach you exercises to help relax your pelvic floor muscles, open you up to more pleasure and improve mobility in your low back and your hips. So all of that is great if you want to start there. Pelvic floor mobility exercises, low back and hips. That's really what I focus on and also like sexuality. So exercise for that. So start with your exercise. That's number one. Number two, you want to start putting some clothes on your carbs. Never let your carbs walk out naked whenever you eat. If you're going to have some dessert, try and limit the size. Don't go crazy and have five cookies. Maybe have one or two at max. Have it at the end of a balanced meal. Number three. You want to talk to your doctor about getting on some supportive supplements, okay? Now, you don't want to just pop any supplement because an influencer is marketing it on Instagram or TikTok. You want to be taking supplements that are supportive and backed by research. So one of the primary ones is vitamin D. A lot of women and people who have uh, PCOS have low vitamin D levels, and it's going to be very difficult to be healthy without vitamin D because vitamin D is actually a hormone. It functions very closely to hormones. And we need that. We want to balance our hormones. It's needed for pregnancy and fertility and menstrual cycles and sleep, our sleep-wake cycles. Let's talk about depression for a second. Seasonal depression, that's the thing. The sun disappears, people get depressed. Okay, so 
Check your vitamin D levels with your doc. If you find that they're low, you may want to consider, as long as they say it's okay, getting on a vitamin D supplement. So that's one that can be really helpful. Another one is Myo and D-Cairo Inositol. I'm going to try and put a link in the show notes to my Amazon store where you can get this. Now, a lot of people have gotten pregnant just by adding this to their, to their regimen. Again, this is going to supplement your lifestyle. So you don't want to just do whatever you want, get five hours of sleep at night, eat sugar and candy every day, and then wonder why your PCOS is not getting better. Your supplements are only to supplement your lifestyle. They're not the main thing. So myo and inositol helps with insulin function, improving your blood sugar management, and also improving your ovulation rate. So it's, it's going to help you to ovulate. Even people who have endometriosis sometimes use this. So it's not necessarily just for PCOS, but you want to do your research again. Talk to your doctor before starting any supplements. That's number two. Another supplement that can be really helpful um, are going to be your omega-3s. And these are anti-inflammatory. And they're going to also help with the production of your hormones. We need fat in order to make hormones. So omega-3s can be helpful for you. And a lot of us with PCOS have high inflammation in our bodies. So we have gut issues, a lot of indigestion and food sensitivities, skin issues, acne, eczema, you know, infertility or missing periods, all of that by lowering your inflammation levels. Even if you have painful periods, this is for you too. Fats can help you. Good fats, omegas, olive oil, nuts and seeds like almonds, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds. These are going to be really good for you. So think about supplements and if you can do your research first to make sure that you're getting supplements that are backed by research and also a supplement that you're probably not getting in your diet on your own. Another one that can be really helpful for people with uh, PCOS is zinc. Zinc is so vital for the menstruation process, for periods, and for getting pregnant. So zinc is going to be something you want to consider. Pumpkin seeds are high in zinc. Meat products are high in zinc. And of course, there are multivitamins that have zinc. So again, I can't say this enough. Don't just start taking these things without talking to your medical provider because you don't know how they can interact with medications that you're already on. You don't know how they can interact with any medical conditions you have. You want to check in with the medical experts. So that's the other thing. And lastly, I'm going to talk about this, but honestly, this probably should have been number one, but I'm saving the best for last. And this is going to be your leisure and self-care. Wow. If you are not having enough time for your leisure, your body is in survival mode. Your body is living in survival mode. If you are just always working, always on your phone, always rushing, always thinking about the next thing to do, never having enough time to literally do nothing or just do something simply because it's fun, that is going to impact your health. And I want to speak to my business owners, my entrepreneurs, my moms. We have to take the time. We have to take the time, even students, if you're listening. If our bodies are in survival mode, reproduction will not be prioritized. And that's what getting our period is, okay? Even if you don't want to get pregnant, your fertility still matters because your fertility just means your hormonal health, your vaginal health, and your uterine health. Hormones impact your whole body. So hormonal health and fertility is for everyone. Sorry to break it to you. All right, fertility is not just about getting pregnant. It's about the processes 
that involve pregnancy, but also regulated a lot of other things like your bone health, your brain health, your heart health. Many of that is dependent on stress management, estrogen levels, all of these things, right? So what can you do to really take time to do nothing, to do something that feels good, something that gets your mind off of work? How can you disconnect from your phone? Can you go on a walk without your phone? Can you meditate without using that podcast? How can we disconnect from tech and be constantly stimulated? Being constantly stimulated is directly increasing, you know, our stress hormones. That's that's big. Let me tell you that I struggled last year. Remember I told you that month after month I was getting my period and then when I quit my job to start working for myself, my periods went back into haywire. It went haywire. Missing periods, prolongs, all of that. And I remember earlier this year, I was, I had gone about two, three months without my period. And I already had a vacation schedule for Bali. I went to Bali and I finally got my period for the first time. I was waiting two, three months for my period. Went to Bali. It was a 10 day vacation, I believe. Solo, all by myself. And I didn't jam pack with things. Go here in the morning, go to this swing, go to this beach two hours later, go to this restaurant, go take pictures at this building. Oh, go to this tour. I, I didn't do that. If you enjoy that, that's great. I had a phase like I was like that when I traveled a few years back, but I'm not really like that anymore. I'm a believer in slow travel. So I, while I may have the things that I want to see, as long as I see them before I leave, good. But I am no longer packing every day with activities. I ain't got time for that. So this trip was restorative for me. My sex drive went through the roof. I don't have an issue with sex drive. That's not my. That's not my struggle. That is not my struggle. But it went even higher on this trip. My period came back. I just felt so good, so tapped into myself, apart from vagina rehab doctor, apart from business stuff. And I didn't even completely cut out work. I probably cut it down for the most part. Maybe 10% of my time was spent with like emails and work stuff. So that just goes to show how can you make your home a small vacation getaway? How can you support your pleasure and your leisure, your luxury, even at home? Can you run your bath water? Can you buy yourself some flowers and put it somewhere where you can see it? Can you have soft playing music in your office? How can you support your pleasure and your leisure? Because that is going to directly impact your hormones. And I want you to be hormonally happy. All right. So number one, what we're going to do is we're going to try and move our bodies more. And we can do it at least three to five times a week, right? It doesn't have to be for an hour. Just starting off, maybe start with 10 to 15 minutes if you can. Start there. Number two, we're going to make sure that we're not going around with naked carbs. We're going to put some clothes on our carbs. We're not eating carb-only meals, right? Bread only, pasta only, bagel only. No, we're going to eat it with protein and a vegetable too if we can. Number three, we're going to use supplements with our doctor's approval. Okay, we talked about zinc, vitamin D, myelin D, chironositol. I'm going to drop that one in the show notes because it's supported by research to be just as effective as some of these other medications that they prescribe to people with PCOS. We talked about omegas. And then lastly, we talked about saving time for your pleasure and your leisure. That's really, really important. So if you got some hormones that go haywire every now and then, you're not alone, baby. I'm here with you. And I'm still struggling. I'm going to be real with you. I haven't gotten it down. I haven't gotten it down to a science yet, but I do know that these things work and they work for many people. And these things are backed by research. So go ahead and give them a go. If you want to bump up your hormonal health, 
Maybe you want to get pregnant. Maybe you want to regulate your cycles. Maybe you want to improve your period pain. Or maybe you're going through menopause and you want to support your own hormones. These are some things that you can do to start feeling better. All right. So thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star raving review. That's the only thing that I'm asking of you. I'm coming to you once a week with this information and I want us to exchange in this way. So go ahead and support me if you can. This will um, help this podcast to reach more people. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys again next Monday. Mm -hmm.